I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm teaching on Christmas. Christmas comes from two words. I hate to hear people using the word Christmas. Christmas comes from Christ and Mass. I've said this dozens of times this season. The Mass is cannibalism. It's eating human flesh. Eating human flesh. It actually traces back to cannibalism. The priest of Baal, the word priest in the Hebrew is kahan. They were kahan baals. Or they later on began to respell it C-A-H-A-N-A-B-A-L. It evolved into C A N N. I-B-A-L and it means to eat human flesh the priest of Baal in Israel wore tall white pointed hats and they had white sheets and they worshipped this flaming cross on Lady Day in the ancient world his flaming flaming boy that sure does sound like the KKK doesn't it If you celebrate Christmas and you're a black person, you're really doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing if you're white and celebrate it. Of course, God doesn't, He doesn't care whether you're white or black or red or yellow or brown. He's got people of every nation, tongue, and tribe that'll be His. And you can just draw that, an outline of that, and it certainly looks like the KKK, doesn't it? When they went up on the mountain and against, uh, Elijah in that 18th chapter of 1 Kings, uh, Mr. Edersheim in his History of Israel, you can look that chapter up, and he says those priests of Baal look quite, quite ridiculous with their tall white pointed hats and white sheets. And he did his work back in the 1800s. So that's what Christmas is. They, the priests of Baal offered human sacrifices on their altars and that's what they ate. The Christ Mass is a pollution. It's a convolution of John the 6th chapter. John 6. I didn't mean to get back into this, but let's turn over to John the 6th chapter so you can read it yourself. I like to read things and point it out to you so you can see it. Now here in John the 6th chapter, and start in you have to start in the 52 or 53 in that area because all of it talks about this thing and he's talking about in the 48th chapter I am the bread of life so the bread what is the, whatever the bread is that's what we eat of your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which cometh down from heaven. That is, a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread. Jesus is talking about himself. So whatever the living bread is, is what we eat of. Which came down from heaven. If any man will eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. 
So the bread is Jesus. Jesus is the bread. Is the bread. The bread is the flesh. Bread is the flesh. And which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Well, the Roman Catholics got a hold of that verse and said, We've got to perform some kind of magic to turn that into the body and blood of Christ. So we get the word magic from the word magi or the wise men that came from the east to view Christ and they didn't get to the manger. They got to the house where the young child was. He was at least two years old when the wise men got there. And wise men is the word magi, M-A-G-G-I. And we get the word magic from that. Magic means the science of the magi. Our singular would be magos, M-A-G-O-S, magos. Now, let's read. But what really is amazing, Jesus gives us what eating his flesh and drinking his blood is in the very next verse. When he says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is, any time you find the word is, that's a being verb. You can put equals instead. You can say my flesh equals meat. Indeed. And my blood is drink. Indeed. Indeed is the word alethes, A-L-E-T-H-E-S. It means of... Truth. It comes from the word truth, which is the word aletheia, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. That's the word truth. And then truth is a construction of the word lanthano. Lanthano means to hide, conceal, or lie hid. When you look up the word truth in a concordance, it will say, from the negative, it will say neg part. It means negative particle, from the negative particle one, that's what it will say. One is the first letter in the Greek, in the concordance, it's the alpha. From one as a negative particle, that's what it means, Negative particle negates the word, gives an opposite meaning. So it's actually alanthano means not to hide anything. It does not mean to eat the literal flesh and body of Christ. Now the Roman Catholics they've got uh, they've got a mantra they uh, they mumble over the Eucharist. Now this is them doing it right here. This is a Roman Catholic book. This is a Roman Catholic book. There's the Eucharist. And they raise it up in the air like the sun is rising. And they say, Hoc est corpus eum fili. This is what they say. You can see the word corpse 
in this saying. Hoc est corpus eum filae or filae. When you look up in a word, I've got a word history book. It has nothing to do with religion. It's just about a word history. It's where they come from. I was looking one day and I looked up hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. And they say that hocus pocus, presto changeo, comes from, it's a convolution of the word, hocus corpus fili. It means hocus pocus, presto changeo, the rabbit comes out of the hat, or presto changeo, Jesus gets presence in the Eucharist. It comes from, we get hocus pocus from that. Now, this is the priest doing that. Christmas, here's the worst thing that's wrong with Christmas. It's over here on this screen. Here's a little boy dreaming of what he's going to get for Christmas. I've got it here. What's so bad about Christmas? He's dreaming of movies and comics and footballs and little cars and uh, this is an old one, one that was uh, on the internet. I forget what you call that. And then CDs, and he's dreaming all that. Here's a third world person. They're dreaming, laying on the ground, starving to death, dreaming of a bowl of rice. That's the worst thing about Christmas. I showed that to one lady one day, and she started crying. I said, that's it right there. And I know what that's about. My father was an old country Baptist preacher. We only had... 15 or 20 people in the little churches where he would be. And he would work some job driving a truck for a laundry, for some laundry or some uh, soft drink company. And that's before they had uh, drinks in a can back in the mid-50s. And he would, uh, my, he would put all his money in them little churches. My mother would come to us and say, kids, there won't be any Christmas this year when I was... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There won't be any Christmas. And it's what bothered me about it more than anything else. I always had paper routes. I worked as a sacker in the groceries. And I had whatever I wanted. Didn't spend expensive. I didn't make that much money being a paper boy. But I just, it just really got to me that the poor can't participate in it. We take them a plate of food and we tell them, Hope you can make that last all year. We'll be back next year. It's just ridiculous. Now, I put a title on the board. Christmas is witchcraft, and that's what it is. Witch is the word kosoff in the Hebrew. Kosoff. K-A-S-H-A-P-H. K-A-S-H-A-P-H. There's no such thing as magic. It's all sleight of hand. There's no such thing as sorcery. That's just smooth talk. When you find the word sorcery or you find the word witch in the New Testament, well, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. You've got to put them to death. Witch means smooth words. To be a sorcerer and to make people believe something that's not happening or be a deceiver. 
to deceive people. There's two words for deceive in the New Testament that are common words. You have the word apatao and you have the word ex apatao which means to completely deceive. Ex means a total deception and you have the word plane and you have several variations that Planeo, and you have the word planetes. And planetes means, all of these means a false teacher, someone who deludes you. Every time you find the word delusion, it usually has something to do with deceiving. And these two words are interchangeable. I like that word planetes. It means to cause to cause to be out of the way to cause there's two ways there's a narrow way and a broad way so the one that they're causing you to be out of is the word is the narrow way and that's deception when people say, well, you don't have to go into the narrow way, Thalibo. Paul said you do have to go into it because the word Thalibo is merely a form of the word Thalipsis, which is the common Greek word tribulation. The narrow way is a tribulation way. Narrow means it's a very narrow place. It's like a turnstile. We have to squeeze through it because we're being pressured on all sides by our families, by our people we work with because they don't want to hear about predestination is true. God doesn't love everybody. And that's what the Bible says. They don't want to own up and admit the Bible is what it says. Baptist preachers don't admit that. Did you know a lot of the Baptist preachers know that Christmas is pagan? You could ask them. Well, yeah, but we don't do it that way. The Bible says, don't do it at all. Therefore shall you keep my ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. Abominable always means to stink. They're stinking customs to God. If you notice there in Luke 18.31, he didn't say don't worship their gods. He said, don't do how what they did. I've got a verse that I like above everything else when it comes to the customs. It's a verse in Deuteronomy 12. I like this better than any verse in the Bible that talks about, well, the Bible says in Jeremiah 10, the customs of the people are vain, but this kind of really nails it. And Deuteronomy 12, I love this when he says this. Deuteronomy 12, he's telling Moses, you tell the people when they go into the land and they're going to go in there and possess the land, Deuteronomy is right before they cross the river to go into Jordan. They've been down here. They came out of Egypt. They've been down here in this wilderness for 40 years. And right, they come up through the land of Moab, which is right here. And they come through here, and right in the top of Moab, there's the Dead Sea. Israel sits on on the Mediterranean Sea, 
and this is the in northern Israel is the Sea of Galilee and the source of the Jordan River is the Sea of Galilee it runs down it runs into the Dead Sea right above the Dead Sea that's where they cross the river Deuteronomy is the words of God that depict right before they cross the river God's killed off all the unbelievers in that 40 years and then he says here now when you go in to possess the land verse 29 Deuteronomy 12 take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following those people the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites all of these ites are in there and they possess the lands and they're pagans after that they be destroyed from before thee God says you go in there and I'll cause them to be destroyed well they didn't destroy them they married them what? See some odd-looking woman? I think I want her. Yeah, but she's a heathen. And that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, don't you even say this to them. How did these nations serve their gods? What rituals did they use? Did they put up a tree in their house? Did they put a star on top of it? Uh, did they uh, put it on a platform because it moved not, like Jeremiah 10 says? Did, it, did they pick a tree that would not rot, like Isaiah 40 says? Isaiah 40 says they chose a tree that would not rot. That's an evergreen, right? That's what it is. Even so wilt thou do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. Don't do what? Don't do the rituals. He's not even talking about serving their gods. He's just saying, don't keep their rituals. Don't give each other gifts. Don't put up a tree. Don't sing uh, Silent Night, Holy Night. That was written by a Roman Catholic priest. <laughs> Most of the original Christmas carols were written by Roman Catholic priests. For every abomination to the Lord which he hateth, have they done unto their gods, but even their sons and their daughters, they have burnt in the fire to their gods, to Molech, to, to the, to the uh, Malcolm, Malcolm, those are variations of the word Molech. That was the sun god. Whatsoever things I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add, Yasov, do not augment anything to the word of God. Don't put Christmas things in your rituals. And nor diminish from it, garah. Don't add anything to the Word of God. Proverbs, the 30th chapter, says, The Word of God is pure. You do not add to it, Yasaf. Don't add to it, lest thou be found to be a liar. And all these preachers are liars. They're lying. Now, I put up here that Christmas is. People have added to the Word of God, haven't they? I'm going to read some things to you out of... It's about the word flatter. Christmas is flattery. It makes people feel good. At Christmas time, there is no tribulation. When you get into Acts 14.22, you don't hear people going around and say, Merry Christmas, we must see much tribulation there to the kingdom of God, do you? We must... 
Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution shall suffer persecution at Christmas time, second Timothy three twelve. You don't hear him say that, do you? Philippians one twenty nine. Unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe upon him, but also to suffer for his sake at Christmas time. <laughs> that is so dumb, isn't it? You don't hear any of this. You became followers of us through much affliction. First, First Thessalonians one six. No man should be moved by these afflictions, knowing that you were appointed thereto. First Thessalonians, the third chapter, verse three and four. The trying of your faith work the patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting doesn't mean I don't want anything. Want means to be in need. Perfect is the word teleos. T-E-L-E-I-O-S. Means to be mature. So you can grow up in the faith. In First Peter 1 and 7, the trial of your faith. You don't hear this at Christmas time. The trial of your faith at Christmas time is more faith, more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire. Happy are ye when you suffer for righteousness' sake in First Peter three and fourteen. Happy Macurios. Fortunate. These are verses you want to never hear anybody quote at Christmas, will you? You're not going to hear any of them. 1 Peter 4 and 12. Start in verse 12. Read the whole chapter. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you at Christmas time, as though some... <laughs> Tracy's laughing out there. As though some strange thing had happened to you. Strange is the word kazenos. Or it's actually X-E-N-O-S. It comes from X-E-N-I-Z-O. Kenizo means an occasional guest, a stranger that comes once in a while. Don't you think that the fiery trial, which is to try you, tries the word parasmos, P-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. It's the exact same word as temptation all the way through the New Testament. Parasmos means to be put in the fire and the trials. You don't ever hear that at Christmas, do you? And Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, In the world you shall have tribulation at Christmas. No, that's never going to be there. In the world you shall have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. He means in you, overcome is the word nikao. Nikao, N-I-K-A-O, is the word overcome. That's the verb form, overcome. And nikao comes from the noun, nike, which is the word victory. Anytime you see overcome in the Greek text, always connect with it, victory. And then you look at First John 5, in the 5th chapter of 1 John, that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is death to self. Faith is... Substance of things hoped for. Substance. I've stopped put this on the board. This is my favorite algebra equation in the Bible. 
This is an algebra equation. Let me put it up there big so you can see it. Faith is substance. Substance is the word hypostasis. Comes from two words, hypo and sasis. So this is what faith is. Faith, there's no death to self. If faith is the victory, it's the victory that overcomes the world. And that's how we, you know how you overcome the world. You, what is it you want in the flesh? Things and stuff and money and a better job and a bigger car and more house and more of this and more of that and better working conditions and a better boss and a better brother and a better sister and a better this and a better that. What you want, your covetousness when, you, when you're doing that. Covetous, covetousness is idolatry. You can find that in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and in Colossians, the third chapter. A covetous man is an idolater. Colossians, the third chapter. Covetous is the word pleonectes. It means to want more any way you can get it. Be devious or underhanded or cheat or lie or steal. That's covetousness. I'll do it and I'll try to make it look honest. Covetous is never honest. It means to want more, however you can get it. Covetous is idolatry. E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Idololatria is the word idolatry. It comes from ido. Remember we've talked about that means to see, to be a witness to, and latruo. Latruo means to serve what so idolatry means to serve what you see to serve it's whatever you put in your eyes and ears a favorite verse on that one one of my favorite verses Ecclesiastes 1 and 8 1 8 that all things are full of labor all things full of labor Labor. The I will not merely merely see and say, I like what I see. The mouth will not simply utter it. You everything you will labor to fulfill what you keep in your eyes and your ears. That's what you'll labor to do. We've all done that. That's the opposite of faith. Faith is the substance. Substance is the Greek word hupo. Stasis. That's not hard to understand when you look it up. It'll tell you it comes from two words, hupo. And every time you see that word hupo, if you see hupocrites, it means under judge or hypocrite or hypocrisy. Hupo and stasis. It means under. Stand. Faith is understanding. But the Bible says there's none that understandeth and there's none that seeketh after God. Unless God puts understanding in your heart, you'll never believe. There's none that seeketh after God. Nobody has ever been born that seeks God, including me and you. 
including the Apostle Paul. God has to seek us. Did, did God come to Paul on the Damascus Road and say, Paul, I heard you've been calling after me. You've been looking for me. No, he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul is going, who is that? Lord, what would you have me do? And he'd been killing Christians for a living up to that point. Hupostasis comes from hupo, meaning understand. You remember apostasis? Apostasis. That's our word apostasy. It can be used in a negative sense or a positive sense. Apo means a removal. Remove. Stasis. Stasis means to stand. And it comes from histome. Histome means upright. And we also get the word stao, which is a stake on a boundary line. Stao. And the word staros, which is the word cross. I'll move this out of the way. And also we get staros and starao from that. Starao is the word crucify. Starao. S-T-A-U-R-O-O-S-T-A-U-R-O-O. That's the word crucify. All of those are in the same morphemes of word. Morpheme. Morpheme. Morphemes are word shapes. Word shapes. And they come, it comes to the word morphe. And the first time I heard that, I was in the 10th grade. I was in Mr. Silverberg's class. I didn't know Silverberg was a Jew. Anything that's got Berg on the end of it is a Jew. And that's okay. Uh, used to date a girl named Rodberg when I was 17. I didn't know she's a Jew. I had to find out later on that Berg on the end of a name is Jewish. Strao. So, stasis, this means to understand. Apostasis is our word apostasy. It means to remove understanding. Remove standing upright, removing a daily cross. So hypostasis, faith, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So understanding is something God has to put in your heart. Where do you get understanding? Well, the Bible says that he that beareth not his cross and falleth after me cannot be my disciple. A cross follows Christ. Gosh, the word follow is the word akulatheo, A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. Akulatheo means to be in the same way with gotta leave that participle dangling there and to be in the same way with and the way is narrow so if anyone will come after me let him take up his cross and follow me and he that bath not his cross and Luke 
Luke 14, 27. He that beareth not his cross and followeth after me cannot be my disciple. That goes with this over here, D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E. So a daily cross equals a disciple, right? A daily cross equals a disciple. Well, if you understand, you have to be a learner. A learner. That is the word mathetes. That is the word disciple. A disciple is a mathetes. We get our word mathematics from that. I keep saying everything is mathematically structured all through the Bible. I was trying to tell Mary the other day, I said, algebra is real simple. She said, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> she, she don't want to hear. It, it, let me tell you. I can explain this uh, algebra in one easy lesson. I keep saying, algebra is as simple as kids on a seesaw on a playground. That's all algebra is. It's... It's a seesaw. And you got a little kid on this end. He's hanging on there. And you got a little kid on this end. He's holding on to that little rod there. He's got one here. He weighs 100 pounds. And this one down here weighs 60 pounds. What's going to happen? When this guy gets on, he's going to bang, come down here. This is called equal. This fulcrum here is called equality, E-Q-U-A-L. If this side is going to equal this side, you got to add something to this guy over here and put it in his lap. How much do you have to put in this guy's lap to make him balance with this 100-yard guy? 40 pounds. 40 pounds. That's it. That's simple algebra. You put 40 pounds, that's X. X plus 60 equals 100. That's basic algebra. If you add, if you give this guy two oranges over here, and they weigh a pound, one pound, and you add that this in, how many do you have to, how much, many pounds do you have to give this guy to keep the balance? 39. <laughs> you got to put one more pound with him, no matter what it is. That would be the X factor over here. That's equals. Added to equals, the results are equal. That's basic algebra. All the way through advanced calculus that Mike took in college. That's basically it. You never leave these laws. Never. You do that, baking a cake. You do that if you're a mechanic. And we do that in the Bible. When the Bible said the bread is his flesh equals his flesh. And the Bible says the veil, the spiritual veil of the temple is his flesh. This veil, this is all in Hebrews 10. The veil equals his flesh. 
We have to eat the flesh, and eating the flesh is indeed of truth. So, his flesh equals of truth. And the Bible says his flesh is the veil and that the that the flesh is the bread equals bread. And the bread is the body. Bread equals body. And the body equals the church. The bread is the church. The body is the church. So all these are equal. Things equal to the same thing equal to each other. That's basic algebra. And you can use that all through the Bible. It's exact. Without my algebra, I can't teach you as deep as what I teach. I was always the kid in front of the class that had all the answers. Miss Dinah would say, Jimmy, put your hand down. We're going to let somebody else answer. I always had the answer. I'll tell you what it is. She kept she kept calling me my Jimmy. That's who I was. I'd walk in the class. There's my Jimmy coming in. I wish I could go back and tell her how much she meant to me, but she's passed away long before now. But notice the body's the church, the bread's the body, and they're all equal to each other. They're equal to the same thing, therefore they're equal to each other. You can do that all through the Bible. It makes the Bible easier. It doesn't make it it complicated. Can you see that? It's not hard at all. If you're baking a cake and there's one item that you don't have for the cake, if you can put a substitute in there for that, you still got the same cake. Equal substitute for equals, the results are equal. It's still a chocolate cake. If you can learn that, to do that with the Bible, it'll help you more than anything. Now, I don't know how I got into that. So we're talking about, we're talking about faith. Faith is, that is an understanding. When you understand you're a disciple, and you can't be a disciple without a daily cross, that's death. To self. And death to self is the victory that overcomes the world. The way you can overcome desiring so much in the world is dying to the flesh. Give to others, make sure they're taken care of and not yourself. As I got older, I, I was greedier when I was young. I wouldn't let you have what I had. I made this, I worked for it. It's mine, you can't have it. The older I get, the more free-hearted I am. I said, well, you can have it if you want it. I just let go of stuff. Free-heartedness is the way you overcome the world. Death to self. Now, I don't know what led me into all of that. There's that seesaw, that's algebra, whether you like it or not. I was going to say something about this, and I forgot what it was. So, death to self. Now, self is our problem. That's the problem that all believers have. Have men call me and they say, I'm having a problem with temptation. 
Let me tell you what a man has a problem with. It has nothing to do with buying a new car or making more money. Nothing. Anytime any man says to me, I say, you're having problems with women, right? That's what they mean every time. Never mean anything else. Woman is man's greatest curse. It's a curseful man. Because, boy, he cannot hold himself back from one He covets women. And that's a fact. See, you can't tell me what a man desires. I are one. I are a man. And I know what they think. Now, we're talking about covetous and Christmas. Christmas is Christ's Mass. I was going through all these... I was going through all these tribulation verses. In the world you shall have tribulation. The world has to hate you. You don't ever hear that at Christmas time, do you? Christmas is a time to like everybody and bring everybody into your circle. Your Church of Christ kin folks on the other side of the family your Baptists on this side and some Pentecostals over there get together and hug everybody and get along no don't do that that gets into separation doesn't it if any man brings any other doctrine Second John 10 any other doctrine than the doctrine of Christ receive him not into your house neither bid him Godspeed Carol is the word Godspeed. It means to be gracious to him. The word Carol is a form of the word Charis, which is the word grace. It's also a form of the word Kara, which is the word joy or rejoice. The Bible says agape. Love does not rejoice with iniquity. Iniquity is the word anomia, A-N-O-M-I-A, and it's a, it comes from nomos, or namas, however you want to pronounce it. Namas in the alpha primitive, it means no law, or unlawful. Iniquity is the word unlawful. Namas is the word lawful. It means legal food for sheep. Legal food. So, that's, that also we get the word charizoma, C-H-A-R-I-Z-O-M-A-I. When the Bible says, unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ. Don't quote this at Christmas time. Unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ. The word given is the word charizoma. It comes from the word grace. God is being gracious to you. Unto you it is given, charizoma, not only to believe upon Christ, but also to suffer for His sake at Christmas time. And if you start telling people God doesn't love everybody and Christmas is pagan, that's what they'll do. And I've got several other of these. Blessed ye when men shall persecute you, when they revile you for the Son of Man's sake, rejoice and leap for joy. Bless you to ye when men shall reproach you. Reproach. You don't tell somebody they need to be reproached at Christmas, do you? You get along with them, smile, and say, Hi, how are you? And you flatter them. You say things that are not true, and you don't even believe. 
That's flattery. Bless you even when men shall reproach you. Many times in the Bible. Reproach. O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. Onizo means to be infamous. Go to your family at Christmas time and say, Oh, you're trying to start a big company? You're supposed to be infamous. How are you ever going to do that being infamous as a believer? You can't be famous. Oh, you're trying to be a star in the music world? You can't be that and be a Christian. That little girl that bugs the tar out of me, she's a she's that blonde headed girl that's getting all these awards and in Las Vegas she dresses with not hardly any clothes on. What's that girl's name? Does anybody remember? Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. She talks about in Christian articles what a Christian she is and how she got saved. She gets out there and has her has clothes has a plunging neckline going down to her belly button and she got on dresses up to here and she's showing everything she's got and she's talking and they're talking about how great her Las Vegas show is and she lives in Hendersonville and says she's a Christian. You don't look like one little girl and you're a little girl to me. Don't ever hear anybody talking about the narrow way. Or woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Don't tell somebody woe unto you. O-U-A-I at Christmas time. That's a cry of damnation. When all men speak well of you. You superstars. You fantastic sports stars. If people speak well of you, you're an enemy of God. The Bible says that there in James 4 and 4 friends with the world are enemies of God do you think Tom Brady is a friend of the world everybody loves Tom Brady he's won seven Super Bowls everybody says he's wonderful wonderful he's a Roman Catholic he believes in the Christ mass for real he thinks he goes to church and eats the body of Christ if the world speaks well of you if you're friends with the world, you're God's enemy. If you are philia with the world, affectionate to the world, that's the word friend, or philos, P-H-I-L-O-S. It all comes from phileo, meaning to have an affection for. If you have, If the world has an affection for you, you're at enmity against God. Enmity, ectra, C-H-T-H-R-A, means hostile. You're hostile to God if you're trying to get along with the world. You cannot be famous and be a good Christian. You probably can't. If you're out there in the world seeking the top of the world for 30 or 40 years, I believe you're hopeless. You're probably a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. And the Bible says in Luke sixteen fifteen, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. It's talking about money in that chapter. That which highly esteemed is a B D E L U G M A. That's the word abomination. It means to stink. We get the word bidet from that. B E D A E or E A. A bidet is a place where you have in your home, you have beside your toilet, a bidet so you can wash your bottom. And it stinks. 
That's what everything in the world that man highly esteems stinks to God. Does the world esteem Christmas? They like it all over the world. They like it in Thailand. We had a lady come here that she had been in Thailand. She said, in Thailand, Christmas is 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. All right. Now, I kept saying, the word which, kasaf, means to... it means to speak smooth, soft words. That's these preachers that are twisting the Word of God. I'm going to read to you some verses out of the Bible. And I'm going to show you what the Bible says about flattering words. Now, flatter comes from one of these words. And you'll never see flattery where it's commendable in the Bible, ever. Flattery is false words it's saying things to people that you don't mean. If it, if I don't mind somebody coming up and saying, Jim, I love the message. I love the way you define words. But when you say, you're the greatest in the world. You're just wonderful. Don't believe that. I used to have a guy jump up after every message. And he'd say, that's the greatest message I ever heard. Of course, he left here, went to Michigan, started his own ministry. It fell on its face. It came back here. One of the guys here at the church saw him out the other side of town and said, Do you still believe these things? He said, I don't believe any of that anymore. See, good words and fair speeches. Let me give you the good words and fair speeches. That's what Christmas is. It's where you're supposed to go and talk real nice and easy to your family. Go over here to Romans 16. And 17. 16. And 17. Romans 16. This is, when I first heard this, this verse just knocked me down. I went, whoa. See, you're not supposed to be popular. We've had this ministry going on 33 years. The most people we'd have in here on Sunday morning is about 45. Our ministry is more than these people here. It's all over the world on the Internet. It's on about 270 TV stations across America. That's where our congregation is because there will only be a few that like this message. Straight is the gate and narrows the way that leads to eternal life and only a few there be that find it. Oligos is the word few. O-L-I-G-O-S. A puny number, a puny number will find this truth. Do you actually believe 350 million people, that's America, can believe the truth? I don't run across anybody, hardly anybody believes the truth. But 350 million people is only 4.25% of the world's population. If everybody in America believed God, it would be just a little over 4%. 96% of the world hate the truth. It's just... it's. 
Christmas is outrageous. It's ridiculous. Let me give you the these verses on flattery. When people want to pump you up and tell you how wonderful you are, you can't believe that. Listen to what it says. In Job 17 and 5, He that speaketh flattery to his friends, even the eyes of his children shall fail. If you flatter your friends, there's two people in your family that know what you're really like. If you're a man, it's your wife and your children. If you're a woman, it's your husband and your children. They know what you are. You can't fool them because they see you lose your temper and cuss and maybe drink a little while and then you go to church with them and you act real self-righteous. So they, the eyes of your children will fail and they won't see the truth. Now, let me go over here to another one of these verses on flattery. I love this. Job 32, verse 21. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person. Now, accepting persons is respect of persons. Respect of persons. You can find that all through the New Testament. Pros, apo, levely, pto. Prosopolopteo is the word respect of persons. It comes from pros, pros, apo, and lambano. You can see this thoroughly in John and James the second chapter have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of glory with prosopolopteo in respect of persons it means to move towards the ops we get our word optical from that ops move toward what you see and take hold of just the exterior Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. You can't just look at the outward side and say, I think and I believe because he looks good, she looks good, she's pretty, he's handsome. I think that I should be able to take him or her or that or that car or that house. I might have to cheat a little. I might have to work three jobs to make the car payment. But I want that new Cadillac. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. I pray you that I do not accept. It means to reach out and take hold of by what you see, your optical vision, and move towards that, the exterior. And the Lord told Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, I look at the heart. That's in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. Neither give me flattering titles unto man <laughs> that's hard isn't it that word flattering is always it's either kesem or kosam or derivative of one of these it means smooth 
somebody that's saying smooth things. Oh, I forgot to give you the verse I was going to in Romans 16. Let's go back over there, and then I'll resume this here. Romans 16, I've got to give you this. Smooth words is what you hear at Christmas time, isn't it? Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry is the word mergy. It comes from the old English words mergy, M-E-R-G-E, and it means fun. If you say Merry Christmas, it means fun, or it means amusing. Amusing comes from the word muse. Muse means if you muse over a book, it means you go through and put some thoughtful thinking into what you're reading. The alpha privative in front of a word negates the word. It means no thinking. That's what amuse means. I'm not. A, if you look up entertainment, it'll say amusing. Amusing means there's no thinking involved in this. If you go and you go to the park to you go to the carnival to ride the tilt a world or whatever they call it, that's no thinking. People that never think, never read, and they don't know what's going on. We've been accused here of some guy wrote us an email and said, your people don't know nothing about what's going on. Well, they're learning a lot of Greek today. So, it means no thinking. Mary, so it means a no thinking Christ Mass. Since Christ Mass. Since the Mass is eating human flesh and that's cannibalism, you can actually say when somebody says Merry Christmas, we say, you can say, we hope you have a no thinking cannibalism yourself. <laughs> you can do that. If you're not afraid to do it, then they'll say, what do you mean by that? Well, would you like for me to explain it to you? Isn't that dumb how America does things and they don't even stop and think about what they're saying? Did you know they didn't say Merry Christmas in America when I was a little boy in the 40s? Very little of it in the 50s. It's something they picked up from the movies like the Christmas Carol from the Ebenezer Scrooge movie. They picked it up from those English movies that would walk around saying Merry Christmas. We didn't say that in the in the 40s and 50s. Not like they do now. Very seldom you hear somebody saying Merry Christmas. It's a stupid thing to say to anybody. And why these preachers that try to defend it will say, we're preaching a Christmas message today, why Jesus was born of a virgin. Well, I know he's born of a virgin, but Christmas didn't have anything to do with him. That was a... To give you something that's really interesting before I go on with this, when you go over to Luke, the second chapter, Luke, the second chapter, and the Bible says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall... This is verse 10. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Good tidings... <laughs> they don't bring good tidings. That's the word E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-Z-O. Euangelizo. It comes from you, meaning well, and angelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. 
and that's the word angel or messenger. It means the well message. But the key to this is that you angelizo, every time you find the word preach, the gospel is one word in the Greek. It is the word you angelizo. Do you think Christmas time is a time to preach the gospel to people? And the gospel is, according to Mark 1, Mark 1, the first three verses, John came preaching the gospel as it was written in the book of Isaiah. And here's the gospel. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. There's only one way. That's the narrow way full of pain and sorrow. So prepare you the narrow way of the Lord. That's the gospel. That is euangelizo. That is good tidings of great joy, which shall be the red, wet, red, white, yellow, black, and brown people. It's all flesh. <clears throat> that just astounds me that people don't do any more studying than they do. So that's in Luke... That's supposed to be in the Christmas message. It's not the Christmas message. One other thing. <clears throat> in Luke in Luke three and three. John came preaching the baptism of repentance, as it was written in the book of Isaiah. It says Esaias but that's the way it's pronounced in the English and the Greek when you translate the Greek. He's S-I-A-S. John came preaching the baptism of repentance as it was written in the book of Isaiah, which is prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Prepare the way. It's the narrow way. So if the narrow way is the true baptism... And the gospel is the narrow way. Then the gospel and blood baptism are the same thing. And that's all you angelizo. Can you see that? Or did I leave you? Can you see that? Because things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. They're both equal to the way, the narrow way. So the gospel and the blood baptism, that's why baptized cannot mean to dip in water. It means to cover with a stain or die. So a blood baptism was a death. And that's faith. If faith is death to self, so faith and a blood baptism are the same thing. Things equal to the same thing or equal to each other. So, so blood baptism is prepared the way. The gospel is prepared the way. The gospel being the way. In Mark one, and where do you find it in the in Isaiah? Isaiah forty and four. Prepare a highway in the desert for the Lord, and that was where it was written. So these are equal to the same thing, and they're equal to preach the gospel because that's Evangelizo. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This is a Christmas message. Now let's go on over here to Romans. 1670. This is what happens at Christmas. Christmas is witchcraft. Which means to speak smooth, soft, easy things. 
We don't do that here. We tell the truth. It's blunt. Seeing we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, Second Corinthians 3 and 12. Plainness, parhesia, P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-A. It means to be blunt, to the point. Don't beat around the bush. Get to the Word, what it says and what it means. Don't be mean to anybody. Don't be cutting and abrasive. Just If God's chosen His people before the foundation of the world, all you have to do is go out and talk to people and tell them truth and be firm but gentle with it. Don't be mean. Don't be abrasive. I'll tell you what, when you tell people, God loved Jacob and hated Esau, and you say it in a normal tone of voice, they're not going to like that. If you say Christmas is pagan, did you know that? If somebody says Merry Christmas to you, I'll tell you one of two or three things you can say. Just say, did you know Christmas is Christ's Mass and it's Roman Catholicism? I'm not a Roman Catholic. Or you can say, did you know it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America? Just say something like that. Or you can say, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'll find out something about it. It's paganism. Anything like that will put them at a halt. How much time do I have, Mike? 28. Let's get on over here to Romans 16. One of my favorite. This is one of, I've heard this sometime around 20 years old or somewhere around there. And I said, boy, I like that. i got to memorize that. And I memorized it and I'm always quoting it just every other message or two. Now I beseech you, brethren, verse 17, Romans sixteen seventeen. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses. Divisions and offenses is Christmas. That's a division and offense. Division is the word dicostasia. Mark is the word scopeo. S-C-O-P-E-O. Now, sometimes these will be used in one way or one fashion. We get our word, or that's S-K-O-P-E-O. We get our word scope from that. A scope, you put on a rifle and you aim at something. Scopeo means to aim at those people that cause divisions. Dicostasia, D-I-C-H-O-S-T. A-S-I-A. Dicostasia comes from deco. That means two. It's a form. D-I-C-H-O-2. It's a form of D-O, which means second or two, second or two. And we get our word duet from that. Duet. A duet is two people that sing together or work together. Stasia, it means standing. We're back to that word stasis. There's two different standings. Christmas is another standing against God's Word in the Bible. It's two standings. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses. Scandalizo. Scandalizo. Christmas is a scandal against God. K-A-N-A-N. Well, I'll get it in a minute. We get our word scandal from that. 
scandalizo. I can't even. I need to quit talking when I start writing. S <laughs> K A N D A L I Z O. Get a word scandal from that. A scandalon. Scandalon was a little trap stick. They would go out and bend a little sapling over, put a noose on it, have it set up to catch a little rabbit, and it would pop up and break his little leg. That was a scandal, or a scandal on. And Christmas is a scandal on. It's tripping the. It's tripping America up. It is heathenism. It was brought in the church by Constantine in twenty three twenty five A.D. It never hit a calendar to 354 A.D. The birth of Jesus was never in a calendar, 354 A.D. Pope Judas I gave, him its, gave it its pagan name around 334 A.D. Long after Christ. They didn't celebrate birthdays in the early church. They celebrated the resurrection of Christ. Scandalizo. That means to trip people up. That's what two standings does. Christmas is a wrong standing. And offenses that are contrary to the doctrine that you've learned. Contrary doesn't mean in opposition to, like, here's truth over here. No, the opposite of the universe is a lie. That's not what contrary means. Contrary is the word para. We get our word parallel from that. It means it runs right alongside. It's got a Jesus in it. It's got a saved. It's got a salvation. Christmas is preaching an easy gospel. It's an easy Jesus without any trial or no persecution. No agonizing over sin. It's Christmas is hellish what it is if you participate in it you're, preach, you're participating in the doctrines of hell it runs parallel except it runs off a cliff in eternity and we go be with the Lord Paul said some will come preaching another Jesus another spirit Another gospel that I have not preached. And he told the Corinthians in Second Corinthians 11 and 4, I'm afraid you will bear with these people. You'll go along and put up with them. He said, don't you do that. Don't listen to the other Jesus. Christmas is the other Jesus. That's what it is. It has no daily dying. Nobody's talking about trials and tribulation persecution at Christ's mass season are they nobody it's hell's doctrine I am not a Jehovah's Witness I don't believe in them I'm not a Seventh Day Adventist I preach like the Puritans taught about 300 350 years ago and all of them didn't preach this way I don't know of any preacher in America that's preaching as hard as what I preach I am the only preacher I know of that is trying. Notice I said trying. 
I'm trying to tell all the truth all the time to everybody I come into, everywhere I go. But you know what makes me stronger than them? I know what these things mean. I got it in my head. Memorize these Greek words and use them. You use them on somebody, they will look at you like, like a, like the old saying goes, "I deer caught in the headlights." What do you mean by that? I told a woman one day. I said the Bible says in Second Peter two and twelve that these as natural brute beasts are born to be taken and destroyed. She said, did the Bible say that? I said, it says it exactly. It says made, but it's the word gunea, meaning born. That's the natural brute beast made to be taken and destroyed. That's the majority of the world. Now let's finish reading this. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrines you have learned, and avoid them. Avoid is the word eklino. I'm talking about the Greek text. That's the word. There was no English 2,000 years ago. Eklino means to lean. Lean away. Away or out from. Lean away from. But the thing about eklino it's an imperative mood. It's a command. It's just as much a command as when God said, let there be light. Just as much. He's saying, you get away from those people. Then he says, they're contrary to the doctrine, the doc didache. That's the word. One of the words, doctrine. Didache. The other is the word, D-I-D-A-S-K-A-L-I-A. Didaskalia. And didache. Didache means instruction. People say instruction don't matter. I used to, once in a while I watch the Devil's Broadcasting Network, DBN. <laughs> they call it DBN. Devil's because they distribute fortunes to themselves. And I saw Pat Boone on there, the great, fantastic theologian. And he's made the great statement, one man's doctrine is another man's garbage. You're an idiot, Pat. Go back to your love letters in the sand. We don't want to hear it. That was his big hit. Now, it tells you how they lead people away. For they that are such, these people preaching a fair parallel doctrine, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Whew. The belly was an Epicurean term in the first century. Epicurean. I may have to get into all of this flattery next week. Epicureans and Stoics were the two most respected philosophies in the first century. The Epicureans, when you think of an Epicurean, what do you think of? We say it in English. 
a connoisseur of good foods and wines and so forth. They said, the Epicureans said, this was a saying they had in the first century. They said that the belly was the seat of all sensual desires. And it did not mean the stomach. It was talking about the belly that fulfills all sensual desires. Paul said in Philippians, the third chapter, men hate the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about a daily cross. He said, because their God is their belly. Their God is their belly. And he said, the reason they hate the cross is because their mind is on earthly things. Their phroneo, mind, P-H-R-O-N-E-O. Their sentiment, the things they desire towards is on earthly things. This is why people hate the cross, which is the only thing that overcomes the world, is because their mind is only is on earthly is the word G-E. Gay, it means soil or dirt. They like dirt too much. What's made of dirt? Everything you put your eyes on. Your car is made of dirt. It came out of the ground. The gas that runs it and the oil that runs it comes out of the ground. It's so much pressure for so many thousands of years. Your job where you go to work, the building is dirt. Your furniture is dirt. Your diamond ring is absolutely dirt. It's just coal under pressure. There's no difference in a dung pile out in the field, a cow pile, and your diamond ring. It's made of the same stuff. It's made of, it just depends on how many protons and neutrons are in the, are in the atoms. It just depends on that. Everything you see, I'm going to show you what it's made of. Whether it's cow dung, or whether it's, I'll get to it over here in a minute. Everything on this picture, this is what everything is made of. This is all dirt. Those guys on that table, the table's dirt, the tiles are dirt, they're dirt. The food they're eating came out of the ground. Everything you see comes out of the ground. New York City was here a million years ago. It was just in the ground. It was all dirt. Men just learned how to refine it and put it in a smelting furnace and melt it and put it into some frame thing and make a fender for a new car out of it. Everything is made out of atoms. Everything. No matter what it is. Right here. These are atoms. This is sodium and chlorine together is sodium chloride is table salt. Every atom is looking for another atom to bond with. Sodium is deadly. You can't. It's excuse me. It's real erratic. It bounces everywhere. Chlorine is deadly. Every atom is looking for another atom in the valence, which is the outer orbit. It's got one one valence one. One atom 
uh, one uh, electron in the valence of sodium. It's got seven in the valence of chlorine. When this atom comes in contact with this atom, this one being erratic, this one being dangerous unto death, they come together and become table salt. They stabilize. It's pretty simple. And everything you see, all dirt, and every every electron has a negative charge, it presses inward. Every every you got protons and neutrons in the center of an atom. They you got protons and neutrons. Protons have a positive charge. Neutrons have no charge. So the protons are pressing outward. The electrons are pressing inward. If when God, when Jesus comes back, God melts everything with a fervent heat. All He has to do is pull all the charges off, all the negative charges off the electrons, and all the positive charges off the protons. And everything goes goes to nothing. That's what he's going to do when he comes back. So all this dirt that men love, and Paul said they loved, they love dirt. That's why their God is their belly. It's really simple. Everything you've got. What gets me is somebody like Bill Gates. Don't even stop and think. He's going to live what? He's about sixty-five. He's probably going to live twenty more years. And all that hundred and sixty billion dollars is going to belong to somebody else. He only gets if somebody came to you and said, We're gonna give you ten billion dollars, but you get to keep it for five years and it's not yours anymore. Would you rather just say forget it, keep it? He don't even realize he's gonna die. So here he tells you what Christmas is, it's good words and fair speeches. It's flattery. And he says here. They that are such, those that have another doctrine, it's a contrary, a parallel doctrine, we're to avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own, says belly, you can just put dirt. They serve their own dirt. And by good words, Christologia, C-H-R-E-S-T-A, L-O-G-I-A. Chris comes from Christos and Logos. Christos is one of the words for kind, something that's needful or something you give them need for. Christos Logos, Christologia, means plausible. Plausible, when you look the word up, it means it sounds good. It's plausible, it sounds good. But it's not. It's good words and fair speeches. The word fair speeches, eulo, E-U-L-O-G-I-A. We get our word eulogy from that, E-U. L-O-G-I-A, it means you. Logos. means well words. You say a eulogy over somebody when they die. That's how they deceive. That's how they, they 
deceive. Deceive will either be the word apoteo or planeo. It means to delude. They delude the hearts of the simple with all these good words and fair speeches of Christmas. That's how they. That's how people are fooled. Smooth words don't get it. But by the same token, you cannot be mean to people. Our job is to talk to them. We are nothing but a conduit, a water hose. That's all we are. If we direct the water, which is the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, that's all. We just spread everywhere. We're just the water hose. It has nothing to do with the plants growing. Nothing. Other than it aims at it that sometimes we aim it at stony ground and we miss and we aim it over here at rocky ground that misses and we aim it at good ground and it sprouts. So I don't even I'm not even concerned who God's predestinated elect are. I just tell everybody the truth that I can. That's all you need to do. Quit worrying about whether your mother's gonna believe or your father's gonna believe, or your brothers and sisters, or your best friend's gonna believe. One of the best testimonies Tracy told me years ago, she had a friend. She'd been talking to about everything we teach. And she said, why don't you come to church with me? And the lady said, I can't do that. And Tracy said, you can't do that. Why can't you do that? She said, it's too hard. Isn't that what she said? The message is too hard. I can't I can't embrace that. So by good words and fair speeches, that's what deceives the heart of the simple. The word simple is akakos. A-K-A-K-O-S. Simple. Simple means comes from kakos, which means evil. And the alphabetive means no evil. It means these are simple believers. They're not evil yet. They had got out there in the world. They're young. They're baby believers. And that's what will deceive them, is going after this Christmas system. Christmas is the most evil, godless thing in all the Bible because it is the Baal in the grove that Israel served Baal in the grove that's the same thing that Constantine brought in the church that was sun and tree worship grove and that's what Constantine brought in the church in 325 AD because he was trying to pacify the heathens so he brought all of their tree gods and sun gods in the church and he told the Christians you can come in here and fellowship with these heathens and they did. And the apostasy was on the way. Christmas was on the way. If you haven't gotten, I recommend a book by written by a man named Nissenbaum. He was a Jew. N-I-S-S-A-N-B-A-U-M. Nissenbaum was a professor at the University of Massachusetts. And he wrote a a really good book on the battle for Christmas. He tells you all about Christmas in the 1800s. It doesn't even resemble 
what they're doing today. Doesn't even, Santa Claus is a little short guy. He wasn't plump. He was just a little skinny guy, and he had a had a little demon that went places with him. And they, the stuff they did is just crazy. Get the Battle for Christmas by Stephen Nissenbaum. He'll tell you all about it. I don't have time. Do I have any time left, Mike? Five minutes. Let me finish reading this Job thirty-two, twenty-one, and 22. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person. Neither let me give to him flattering titles, smooth titles, Ph.D., LLD. I keep saying DD, dead dog. DDT. Jesus said in Matthew 23, Don't call any man rabbi. Call no man father. You've got one father in heaven. That's what the Roman Catholics do. Father this, father that. He said, you got one, one father. And then he says, For I know not to give flattering titles. That's smooth words. Doctor. In so doing, my Maker would soon take me away if I give men flattering titles. If I call him Dr. This or Dr. That. I know people go and get an education. I don't respect hardly any doctors of theology. I've known several of them. Most of them do not know all these things. And they don't study. Most of them study for six years to get their doctor's degree. I've spent a lifetime studying. I don't study to get a degree. I study to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn tonight when I get home. I read something every day along the way. I'll go up. I've got some clinic and strong downstairs, and I got some upstairs in my library. I don't want to walk up the stairs if I get a clinic and strong idea in my mind. So I'll go over to the bookshelf and pull it down. I did that last night, a couple of times. I want to look at this word. What do they mean when they said this? I want to know what everything means. People don't care what anything means. Preachers don't hardly ever give any any kind of meaning to words. When they do, they don't go. They don't certainly don't go into algebra. Do they? This means this, and this means this, and all this means the same thing. That the word they equal each other. The flesh is equal to the bread. The bread's the body. The body's the church. So all the same. It's just an easy way of saying things. I've got a. I know this may not sounded like a Christmas message, but it was. I believe Christmas, Christ's Mass. I don't. I'm not a Roman Catholic. I got a shirt. This is Christmas. It's Roman Catholicism. I'm not a Roman Catholic. That that says it itself when I walk out in public. On the back of it, it's got. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Had people look at that and go, well, what do you mean it was against the law? Would you like to hear about it? I'll tell you about it. Not going to the Puritans and the Cathars and the and the, all the different families in Europe, the Waldenses, the, the Huguenots, talk about how the Puritans were slaughtered and butchered, 50 to 60 million of them. Then when they came to America, they said, we will outlaw all Roman Catholic influences. So they outlawed Christmas and Easter and all of it. 
Nobody was celebrating that in early America. Nobody. Nobody but the heathens. One of the things Mr. Nissenbaum says he, they did, the boys would go from house to house, young guys, 16, 17, and they would ask for perry, which was a wine. And if the people wouldn't give them perry, they would take their they would take their wagon and put it on top of their barn or something like that. The same thing as trick-or-treat. It's, it was all the same, the, the same picture. I'm out of time. I didn't get to all these. I'm going to get to these verses on uh, flattery. Flattery never is a good thing. When people are flattering you, can you tell it? You sure are great. You sure are wonderful. And I never met anybody like you. Yeah, I say I've never met anybody like you either. I met Barbie. I met a bunch of them. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for this word. God help us to get this word out to the world if possible on this TV and on the internet. Let us reach the few people that you've got us here to teach to. Lord, we've got so many people trying to destroy us. We pray you'll fight our battles for us. Cause us to continue this work. Open up every door possible and we'll give you the praise for everything. In Christ's name we pray, man. Well, that sure was a bunch of Greek today, wasn't it? I'm sorry I can't say it. It's all Greek to me because I can understand a lot of it. <laughs> that was a lot of words there. I don't think I put that many Greek words in the board in a long time. <laughs>